welcome to the Willie Jackerson Experiment. I'm your host, the one, the only, Willie Jackerson. Alright, so I have a really special episode for you. Um, I'm going to do Thor, uh, God of Thunder, and... So I was originally saying uh, Spider-Man was like number one most popular and you know he is in a lot of different things but um, I just went and checked it out and um, uh, getthatright.com is saying that Thor's number one so uh, saying Thor's number one most popular hey cool alright you know so I figured alright let's do uh, Thor this week uh, continuing the superhero series and, and I think when you look at some of the uh things like with the avengers um i wouldn't really want to go up against uh hulk superman uh batman thor you know even thor being a god um and and it's pretty cool to look at how thor has kind of been humbled um you know uh, I, I that's one part i would have never guessed um i knew a little bit about the mythology I didn't know about the Loki stuff. Uh, that I didn't know that Loki was Thor's half brother, um, and you know some of the stories that I found for you are really interesting. Um, I would have never known. I had to kind of go look them all up. But uh, I think you guys will uh, find this episode interesting. Uh, Lars von Retriever uh, does the metal trump, and I feature metal trump on every one of my episodes. And, well, uh, Metal Trump, Iron Biden, uh, LGB band, um, everything that uh, Lars Von Retriever does. And he hit 200,000 subscribers this week, so I thought that was pretty special. And I think it's awesome. So all you guys that are going out there and subscribing to Lars Von Retriever, uh, thanks so much for um, you know him hitting 200K. That's pretty special. Uh, significant milestone and uh he he has good stuff i mean what he puts together is just funny uh he's done stuff in the past where he just takes all the music out and just does <laughs> like background sounds and so it's pretty funny when you see some of the videos uh with like no music in there and just all just background noises <laughs> pretty funny so he's got a good sense of humor and uh it's a lot of fun to feature the metal trump every week and um, I try to come up with ones that are kind of relevant to whatever topic I'm covering but uh, this week is uh, a new metal trump we have E-Rock 331 and uh, 331 E-Rock but uh, any of these ones um, go out and subscribe to their channel um, I really appreciate Variant Comics um, it's it's really awesome to have like that in-depth uh, description of what I'm talking about plus on top of that you actually have somebody that is actually representing like where the comics came from what year they were featured all that kind of stuff so it's really detailed information and of course I use uh, watch mojo uh, watch mojo has some really good stuff so it's a lot of fun to do this stuff, uh, go around, find the audio, um, try to bring you guys some relevant topics. Um, I really appreciate the listener out there that 
recommending me do the the hero series superhero series it's been a lot of fun for me there's a lot of stuff i've learned and so that's the whole reason i do this is to just kind of go out there and learn something new um look around um you know kind of try to get you guys to subscribe to other people's channels um like i say there's been some uh, metal that i featured where they didn't have any views and now they're in the thousands so to me that's really awesome and that was the whole reason that i made the mile high metal playlist is to feature all these different artists and put them out there on spotify and uh i mean they're already out there on spotify but just to put my playlist out there kind of bring them all together um there's times where i go into my playlist and i'll listen to something and i'm like wow i didn't even know i had that in there but it's just really cool because uh i think i'm at 150 episodes now so uh congratulations everyone 150 episodes and i think it's awesome to have that kind of uh connection with music and musicians and you know like i say i i wished i could um be somewhat of a musician i i do a lot of recording and stuff like that and i could play a little bit but i'm not um anywhere near the level of like 331 e-rock or uh you know uh frog leap studios um leo so it's just really awesome to be able to feature their material put them on the playlist and you guys can you know decide for yourself but the biggest thing is to make america metal again so I really appreciate everyone listening, joining. I love all the reviews. I love all the comments. I love everybody reaching out and telling me how much they like what I'm doing. And uh, I appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Okay, ready?
Loki, the mischief maker, was writhing uncomfortably in Thor's iron grip. The previous night, while the rest of the gods slept, he'd snuck up on Thor's wife, Sif, and shorn off her beautiful hair. It had seemed like a funny prank at the time, but now Thor was about to break every bone in his body. Loki had to think of some way to fix what he'd done. Yet who could replace Sif's matchless hair, golden like a field of summer wheat? The dwarves. Their legendary smiths could make anything, so Loki rushed to their realm, deep within the mountains of the earth. Even before he arrived, the wily Loki was already scheming how he would get the dwarves to do his bidding. He decided that his best bet was to pit two families against each other. He first visited the masterful sons of Ivaldi. He told them that their rivals, a pair of brothers named Brock and Atri, had claimed that they were the best craftsmen in the world and were determined to prove it in a competition. The rules were that each family had to create three gifts for the gods, including, for the Ivaldis, golden hair. Then Loki visited Brock and Atri and told them the same thing, only now claiming that the sons of Ivaldi had issued the challenge. But Brock and Atri couldn't be fooled so easily and only agreed to participate if Loki put his own head on the line. Literally, if Brock and Atri won, Loki would forfeit his head to them. Loki had no choice but to agree, and to save himself had to find a way to make sure the sons of Ivaldi emerged victorious. Both sets of dwarves got to work. Atri set Brock to man the bellows and told him not to stop for any reason or the treasures would be ruined. Soon, a strange black fly flew into the room. As a piece of pigskin was placed in the forge, the fly stung Brock's hand, but he didn't flinch. Next, while Atri worked a block of gold, the fly bit Brock on the neck. The dwarf carried on. Finally, Atri placed a piece of iron in the furnace. This time, the fly landed right on Brock's eyelid and bit as hard as it could. And for just a split second, Brock's hand left the bellows. That's all it took. Their final treasure hadn't stayed in the fire long enough. Loki now reappeared in his normal form, overjoyed by their failure, and accompanied the dwarves to present their treasures to the gods. First, Loki presented the treasures from the sons of Ivaldi, their golden hair bound to Sif's head and continued to grow, leaving her even more radiant than before. Next, for Odin, the Allfather, a magnificent spear that could pierce through anything. And finally, a small cloth that unfolded into a mighty ship built for Freyr, god of the harvest. Then Brock presented the treasures made by him and his brother. For Freyr, they'd forged a golden-bristled boar, who'd pull Freyr's chariot across the sky faster than any mount. For Odin, a golden arm ring, which would make eight more identical rings on every ninth night. And for Thor, a hammer called Mjolnir. Its handle was too short, and Loki smirked at the obvious defect. But then Brock revealed its abilities. Mjolnir would never shatter, never miss its mark, and always return to Thor's hand when thrown. Despite the short handle, the gods all agreed this was the finest gift of all. Remembering what was at stake, Loki tried to flee, but Thor reached him first. But before the dwarves could have their due, clever Loki pointed out that they had won the rights to his head 
but not his neck, and thus had no right to cut it. All begrudgingly admitted the truth in that, but Brock would have the last laugh. Taking his brother's awl, he pierced it through Loki's lips and sewed his mouth shut, so the trickster god could no longer spread his malicious deceit. Yet the irony was not lost on the gods, for it was Loki's deceit that had brought them these fine treasures and given Thor the hammer for which he's still known today. By Odin's beard, how is a mere mortal to know which tales starring the mighty Thor are worth thine time? Tis good to see you again. Are you ready for the upcoming battles? You ready to get a watch? BeholdWatchMojo.com as we bring you our picks for the top 10 Thor comics you should read. I do not wish to fight with you. Nor I with you. But I intend to pursue Malekith. For this list, we're looking at the thunderous Thor tales that are exceptionally well told and or have an important place in the Asgardians' canon. Onward, true believers. Your ancestors called it magic, and you call it science. Well, I come from a place where they're one and the same thing. Number 10, The God Butcher. It was Asgard and its warriors that brought peace to the universe. This five-part series is an excellent jumping point for those new to reading Thor. Why? Well, in addition to being an exceptionally exciting and well-told story, it's set in three different time periods. Thus, a new reader gets a chance to see Thor as a rather callow young god, as the mighty Thor in his prime, and as an older, more mature hero whose wisdom has been hard won. Next. And as a bonus, there's Esad Ribic's lovingly rendered artwork, which is as dramatically potent as it is gorgeous. You must be mistaken. Enough! Number nine, whom the gods would destroy. Stand aside, Hercules. It is not you to whom I speak. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's Silver Age Thor tales have a vitality and boisterousness that can't really be beat. This three-part masterpiece pits the Norse god of thunder against the Greco-Roman legend known as Hercules. Normally, Thor would win easily, Unfortunately, Odin decides to punish his son by taking away most of his power. Sir, Thor is a man in love. Will you not have pity? The resulting story demonstrates that, while Lee could definitely get a bit soapish in his storytelling, he can still pack in emotional punch that resonates to this day. Oh, those Kirby compositions are pure as guardian gold. Battle of the Titans begins. Number 8, Scourge's Last Stand. Wait, wait, wait. You know these people, Thor? Aye, the Enchantress and her executioner. They are as guardians. Walt Simonson totally revitalized Thor comics in the 1980s. Simonson's work stands as some of the best Marvel stories of the 80s, and the standalone Scourge's Last Stand is a true classic. It demonstrates exactly how Simonson could look at things and characters in a new, totally original way. In this instance, he took Scourge, a minor and colorless villain, and concocted a plot in which he was humanized, fleshed out, and given an unforgettable moment of nobility. And he did it without shortchanging Thor or any of the other characters in the book. Number seven, Thor disassembled. You're a destroyer, Odinson. One of the things that makes the Norse gods so different is the threat of Ragnarok, the end of the world, that perpetually hangs over their head. In this saga, Ragnarok finally arrives, and Thor must watch as many of those he loves are lost in a battle with the forces that would destroy them. Most amazingly, readers see Thor himself make the decision that ultimately brings about the destruction of the gods. 
Because they cannot win, he sees that they die in glory and thus achieve seats in Valhalla, the honored afterlife of the Vikings. Fortunately, I am mighty. Number six, Frog of Thunder. Hi. Just taking a little blood. How dare you attack the son of Odin! By far the oddest entry on this list, it's the kind of story that only Walt Simonson could have told. In this bizarre but strangely captivating tale, Loki manages to change the mighty Thor into a frog. Simonson recognizes that this is the kind of setup that inspires mirth, and he doesn't skimp on the humor. At the same time, it's a serious examination of what makes Thor the unique being he is, and how his personality shines through, no matter the body that encases him. My friends, I'm just a man. I'll only be in the way or worse get one if you killed. Number five, Mangog. Odin Force, on Midgard. So, you finally ventured away from the security of Asgard. Another incredible Lee Kirby collaboration, Mangog takes the concept of larger than life to a new extreme. What is Mangog? He is the embodiment of the hatred of a billion souls, an entire alien race that was brutally destroyed. And to hear Mangog tell it, the one who did the dirty deed was none other than Thor's father, Odin. Mangog sought to make war with many, so we banished him to the Dark Realm, barring his entry into Asgard. Is it any wonder he wants to make Asgard suffer the same fate as his own home? This is exactly the kind of epic that draws forth the very best from the limitless imagination of Jack Kirby. Hulk? It cannot be. Number four, the Midgard Serpent. An entire comic made up of basically nothing but splash panels? Once again, Walt Simonson pushed the limits of storytelling, and his incredible and distinctive art made it work beautifully. That would be... The Midgard Serpent. The end of all things. But the story is equally interesting. Thor, who is suffering from the curse of a nasty villain, is far more vulnerable than he normally would be. With his own ability to withstand the might of the Midgard Serpent impaired, he must choose how to win without losing his life. It's a classic situation told in an arresting and imaginative manner. It's just you and I! Number three, the Ballad of Beta Ray Bill. You are a fearsome creature, but I will not fall so easily. Surrender. An alien with a human physique and the face of a horse manages to give Thor a run for his money. Walt Simonson made it not only believable, but refreshing and engaging as well. Beta Ray Bill initially seemed like a villain, attacking the God of Thunder and nearly besting him. He even proved capable of lifting the magic hammer Mjolnir. However, in the best Marvel manner, Bill's attack was a bit of a misunderstanding, and he became an indispensable part of the Thunder God's family. And he proved that appearances can indeed be deceptive. Your ship is under attack. Come, Bill, to battle! Face the wrath of Stormbreaker! Number two, Thor Rebirth. Legendary and controversial writer J. Michael Straczynski brought Thor back after a three-year absence, and he did so brilliantly. Returning from the dead after the events of Thor disassembled, the Thunder God finds himself alone in Oklahoma and must find a way to restore Asgard and all of his friends. Found you! Eventually, he finds out that all of their souls had been placed inside mortal shells, from which he must rescue them. Within the framework of a typical quest tale, Straczynski looks into what makes a hero, what makes a family, and what makes a life. What hope is there for Thor? There's 
always purposed in everything your father does. Before we reveal our top pick, here are a few honorable mentions. Number one, the Surtur Saga. The seal of Boar's sons. But what magic could break it? Probably no other hero is so at home in epic sagas than Thor. And Walt Simonson's story of the battle against the deadly Surtur puts the Thunder God right where he belongs. The barriers to Muspelheim have fallen. Surtur has returned. With Loki joining forces with Thor and Odin, there's always an internal tension to the proceedings. And with the fates of both Asgard and Earth at stake, along with an uneasy alliance of heroes, tensions do run high. Yet, Simonson finds plenty of room for characterization and humor throughout. Plus, he blesses this action-packed tale with some of the most impactful compositions seen. It's a beautiful, moving, and enthralling story that stands tall in the canon. You serve me now. Doth thou agree with our choices? Odin would wipe you all away! What other sagas of the mighty Norse god should we have included? For more enthralling top tens published every day, be sure to subscribe to WatchMojo.com. I do not fear your lightning, Odin's son. Your magic is nothing against mine.
Thor was created by writer Stan Lee and artist Jack Kirby based on Thor, the Thunder God of Norse mythology. He first appeared in 1962 in Journey into Mystery issue 83. Stan Lee is actually quoted commenting on his concept of the creation of the character, which says as follows. How do you make someone stronger than the strongest person? It finally came to me. Don't make him human, make him a god. I decided readers were already pretty familiar with Greek and Roman gods. It might be fun to delve into Old Norse legends. Lee continued by saying, besides, I pictured Norse gods looking like Vikings of old with flowing beards, horned helmets, and battle clubs. Journey into Mystery needed a shot in the arm, so I picked Thor to headline the book. After writing an outline depicting the story and the characters I had in mind, I asked my brother Larry to write the script because I didn't have time, and it was only natural for me to assign the penciling to Jack Kirby. As for Thor's origin, he's the son of Odin, all-father of the Asgardian gods and the elder goddess Gia. Thor was born centuries ago in a cave in Norway. Once Thor was weaned, Odin brought him to Asgard where he was raised to be the god of thunder and heir to the throne. As the Asgardian god of thunder, Thor commands the thunder, the lightning, the wind, and all the elements of the storm with his hammer Mjolnir, which was forged from a legendary indestructible Asgardian metal. Mjolnir gives Thor the power of flight and helps him channel, focus, or amplify his own godly elemental power. Though the hammer is really heavy by mortal standards, it can be lifted by those deemed worthy to do so, regardless of the person's physical strength. The hammer even says on it, whoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. People deemed worthy or have been able to pick up Thor's hammer in the past have been Superman in the DC Marvel crossover, Wonder Woman, Better Ray Bill, Captain America who at the time was disguised as US agent, and even a few others. After centuries of Thor defending Asgard from its enemies, Thor became very proud and arrogant. It was because of this that he was banished to Midgard, aka Earth, by his father to teach him some humility. Once on Earth, he had no memories of his godhood and became mortal, going by the name of Donald Blake, a handicapped human doctor. Thor learns what it's like to be small and weak and how to be humble and a good person despite being mortal, even if he doesn't remember anything at first. When in his mortal skies as Dr. Blake, he's able to transform into his true form by striking his walking stick, which is actually Mjolnir in disguise, on any solid surface, causing the transformation that changes him into Thor and his walking stick into his hammer Mjolnir. But in more recent years, the walking stick has become a thing of the past. Now, one of the things Thor is most popular for is being a founding member of the Avengers, especially in recent years because of the Avengers film. The movie even uses the first villain the Avengers ever had in the comics, Thor's evil brother and god of mischief, Loki. In the comics, however, Loki tricks the Hulk into destroying a bridge a train is about to pass on, Thor then goes after the Hulk, but realizes the Hulk he's following is only a mental image which only his brother could do. So Thor brings Loki to Iron Man, Hulk, Ant-Man, and Wasp to tell them it wasn't Hulk's fault. Loki tries to escape, but Ant-Man traps him in a lead-lined tank, but before they all split, they realize they can all accomplish much more as a team, thus the Avengers were born. So much like the movie, the whole reason the Avengers formed was because of Thor, or at least Thor's mythology, and the characters in his comic. Or if you want to be super specific, because of his crazy adopted brother Loki. What's funny is even though Thor was appearing in the Avenger comics and Journey into Mystery comics, he still didn't have his own self-titled comic. It wasn't until 1966 when Thor got his own self-titled series when they retitled Journey into Mystery to Thor, also known as the Mighty Thor, starting with issue 126. Much like most characters in the Marvel Universe, Thor has been part of many different teams over the years besides just the Avengers, such as Thor Corps, God Squad, and the new Avengers Unity Squad, which consists of Avengers members and X-Men members. 
As for Thor's powers, well, he's a god, so he has all the powers you would assume. Superhuman strength, speed, stamina, and vulnerability, and a healing factor. It is a common misconception that Thor and the other gods of Asgard are truly immortal. Thor and the other members of his race do age, but at a rate so slow that to other beings they give the appearance of immortality. He can also go long periods of time without food, drink, or rest. Thor also has the ability to go all lizard. And no, he doesn't turn into some lizard or Spider-Man's enemy. What I mean by that is Thor has shown the ability to be able to regenerate portions of his body, including entire limbs or organs with the aid of magical forces like his hammer Mjolnir. So it's because of magic, not because his dad got all freaky with a lizard. That would just be disgusting. And of course, his list of powers and abilities go on and on, but you guys get the gist. Thor also has some great villains, most notably, of course, is his half-brother, Loki. Some other villains would be Enchantress, Executioner, Malekith, The Wrecking Crew, Hela, Destroyer, The Midgard Serpent, The Man-Beast, Curse, The Frost Giants, and the list goes on and on. Now, this history episode wouldn't be complete if I didn't give you guys some good Thor reading recommendations, as I've been known to do. You have Thor Ages of Thunder, Thor Reborn, Thor Blood Oath, Avengers Issue 1, Journey into Mystery Issue 83, the graphic novel simply titled Loki, which is a cool what-if storyline about what would happen if Loki finally defeated Thor. Avengers Disassembled Thor, and lastly, but certainly not least, Essential Thor Volume 1. But I think that's enough to get your Thor reading on. Should I care? I turned that key and dropped this rock a little early, and it's still billions dead. Even you can't stop that. I am Thor, son of Odin, and as long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready?
I told you. You'd die for that. We know each other. He's a friend from work. 